0: All right, Brad. I will say football season is officially over. No. Oh, oh not only yet. for one of us. For the other weeks. one of for the other one of us, football season has really just begun. We have two more weeks of madness. All right, so I know the the people who do not mind that we talk about football, we'll save it for the end. We'll talk all baseball before we get. And then if you you know if you enjoy the football talk, look, there's there's no baseball going on, so we gotta find but, something. <laughs> With our both of our teams, were are I mean, they, I think they're, sure they're, they're finally that. talking tomorrow, right? They're
1: gonna put them back in a room, MLB and the Players Association. They're gonna shove them back into a box and say, "Come out when uh, when you guys can shake hands, and be nice." But I don't. Did you? It'll see be how, another
0: seven minute thing. I know. Did you see how far apart they were in uh, yes. the, the? What 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 was that, that? That they were putting together some money. What was that what was that money for it was like the the owners were like yeah we'll put away 10 million and the players were like nope we want you to put away 100 million <laughs> yeah, yeah that's that's a gap right i mean that's what you'd call a gap i mean that's yeah.
1: that's the grand canyon i mean good lord yeah so they've got a lot of hashing out to do it's going to it's going to be a little while i don't think we're going to see pitchers and and catchers uh, showing up in the next week
0: or two here <laughs> yeah i know and it's already going to be february to, Yeah. Uh, when when a lot of people listen to this so um the other thing is is let's quickly just we'll, we'll quickly spend a couple seconds on what we're yep. drinking before we bring on our guest all right who is a just recently college graduate who has his own baseball podcast on the Bam Pods network the Bam Pod network started by somebody who is very familiar to this show better known as Hot Take Bry. <laughs> Ram Sami is a is a college buddy of of brian's and uh they were uh, i remember when i met him and maybe we'll even talk about it i think i met him in the dorm like maybe on day one of uh, when brian moved in so uh so i've known ram for a few years here now and he's uh graduated he even told me he's like ah i'm working for a startup i'm like "Ah." like that's just music (laughs) to my ears because that's that's what i've been doing for the last 20 years (laughs) Uh, okay so but before we get to before we bring ram on what are you drinking
1: I uh you know I I like to have after big wins uh I like to have the scotch and everything but tonight last night I had a couple of beers I had a lot of work to do this week so I was like I'm going to take it easy <laughs> we still got the Super Bowl so I had uh, I screamed a lot yesterday with my brother-in-law so the voice is a little weird today but that's, a, that's all good we had a good time uh so so today instead I went I said I don't want to jinx it so I went with some bourbon Oh, there went you go. with some Four, four roses. roses love this stuff just nice. you know single ice cube in there the bourbon glass all good maybe it'll maybe it'll help your yeah. throat I, I don't who knows i had
0: some tea last night that didn't help <laughs> yeah I, I think that's what all the great singers do Beyonce yeah and mariah yeah, yeah. i was gonna cut my album today too yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um all right so for me quickly uh i've been talking about the chilled terramana and what i noticed about when you when you freeze the terramana the the, the tequila doesn't actually get frozen but it's actually more thick like the liquid yeah. is thicker. And so then, like when you pour it out, it it it's like the, this thick liquid. But um, I just I just had some extra diet coke or not diet coke, uh, Coke nice. Zero, hanging out, and so mixed the tequila and the coke. Which for whatever reason, I think I said this before when I did this a couple months ago. It was very tasty. Like you wouldn't yeah. think about tequila and coke. Do you being, do you uh, cut a little
1: lime and drop it in there? So too? I
0: did. I didn't this time because we were because uh, I was running late. But mm. um, yep. I mean, the the tequila in itself has that agave. In it. So, it, it yeah. you know, it's it's got a little sweetness to it. So that's what I'm drinking. So we're nice. going to bring on Rom. And uh, let's hit our entrance. Our entrance. Our theme music. Our entrance music if we were like a pro wrestler. That's right, man. Uh, but our theme the music. Right, <laughs> our theme music. And then we'll bring in Rom. <laughs> Spadrosian throws to Sandberg. And the pitch is grounded to second base. Thompson has it. Throws to first. It's over. 27 Now I already screwed up his name. I told he was telling us how to how, like he he's I knew him as Rom because that's what Brian called him. He is Rom. Sami is his actual first name. I did not know that until we just talked before the show started. So Rom Sami, what is going on, my friend?
2: Oh, I just got back from a long BART ride. It's absolutely an honor to be on this podcast. I have known Mr. Rehiblias for about four years, like he had said, and from all my interactions with him, he seems like the coolest dad in the world. He (laughs) loves sports, loves wrestling, and... I, I actually told my dad once, legitimately, I was like, I wish you could be like Brian's dad and <laughs> how cool he is. So it's an absolute <laughs> honor to be on here. And uh, uh, go Giants. I am absolutely sad that we're in a lockout. But thank you for having me. Absolute honor.
0: So, Brad, uh, Brian, and my other son, JJ, uh, we all affectionately call Ramsami the third Gonzalez brother. There you go. So that is, that's like what that. He's really nice. Okay, yeah. so, you know, you got you you and Ryan – Uh, your podcast partner, who is a Boo Dodgers fan. You guys have been doing the the baseball (laughs) version of the BAM podcast for how long now?
2: Oh, I think we're entering in our ninth or 10th episode this week. So we've made constant progress and it's honestly been a fun ride. We'd have, we've always had these conversations and we live together, me, Brian and Ryan, we all live together. And in our bedrooms, we would just like late night, like 1130 at night, 12 o'clock at night. We would be, we would be in each other's rooms, just talking about lineups, talking about how we could make each other's team better, talk about ranking players and things of that nature. So we've been doing this for a long time, but we've been releasing it to the public for eight or nine episodes now and it's honestly like just like the conversations in the bedrooms nothing's changed except that there's a mic in front of us and the whole world gets to listen in so we tone it down a bit but we still have the same conversations like we usually do
0: so brad and myself we knew each other at a similar age because of college and you know, Brad was was in charge of of uh, the college radio station, so he was the sports director. And so, when I first started, I was like, "Oh, I want to get in radio." Uh, Brad was kind of the guy. And then Brad also did. I, I remember I was doing stats one night for Brad. Uh, he was doing the the Soundsay State basketball. And so, very similarly, our relationship started like you know, like you guys. But uh, I guess the the difference is is that we both kind of you, you know, we use radio radio as part of our degree. What did you actually graduate in? Because I don't assume it was journalism or broadcasting or anything like that.
2: No. So I was born in South India. So my parents, the first time I told them journal- I wanted to major in journalism, they kind of shut that uh, shut down <laughs> that idea real quick. <laughs> so uh i majored in management information systems and i started off as computer science but i was like dad i cannot spend 20 hours in front of a computer every day so please (laughs) let me change my major dad let me change it and that's what we did ryan i think graduated with a degree in psychology and he's starting to become a cop or he's about to enter the police academy so it's like we're very like two very different people we have no idea how we're friends, but it just kind of works out. And Brian's like that too. But me and Brian, actually, we met during our freshman orientation or the night of the night before freshman orientation. Uh, we all stayed in the dorms for one night where it was like, I guess you could sample the dorms, like dorm life a bit. And we got put in the best dorms and we were like really excited. But when we actually got to dorms at U of A, we probably were put in the horse stables of Arizona called the You Lodge. But long story short, <laughs> yes. I'm still best friends uh, with those guys to this day
0: okay so um let's talk a little bit about your fandom because as a young person i i feel, And brad and i've talked about this for a while now like it, baseball does not necessarily cater to the young fan right like that baseball is always talking about how do we get the young fan how do we get the young fan but you all three of you you know brian has been you know he Brad grew up at what is now Oracle park. I mean, he and he and JJ were running around that place, you know, pretty much since they were like five years old, but as a sport now, and we see what's happening with the lockout, like, you, uh does it, does major league baseball do, does it relate to you as someone who's in, in their young twenties, the way that the sport is designed, the, the, the way you watch it, the way you absorb it. Like, do you feel as somebody who is, you know, a, a young person, do you feel like baseball is targeting you as a fan?
2: Um, I think baseball is treating me as a fan. I think in the last year or two, it's kind of catered to my generation a bit more than it did in the previous years. I think a couple years ago, like maybe in the 18 to 49 age section, or maybe even 18 to 35, I don't think baseball is doing any numbers of people my age but in the last year it's really kind of changed they're kind of utilizing tiktok stars various different forms of social media releasing different uh clips of the game maybe uh, i think it's a the game on youtube has really helped quite a bit i don't know how many people are, are familiar with it but mlb uh Puts out a broadcast every week. It's a day game, and they get a lot of major league YouTubers who basically play like MLB the show, and they're YouTubers and they come in for like an inning a game and talk about it. But they show the entire live game, and it's a cool atmosphere. And I think that's kind of really grown the game. I think they average about 80,000, 90,000 viewers every inning. And I think, like, they sometimes, like, I think the best games of that got over a million followers and then they also introduced the field of dreams game this year so things of like that nature i think it's really catered to a younger audience and i kind of feel more included in things of that nature and for me being a baseball fan i grew up um so like when i came to the united states barry bonds was about to break the home run record and he was going for it so Um, my first ever Major League Baseball season, like watching it was Barry Bonds' last year. So that was like my first star that I grew up following. And I absolutely fell in love with it. And we had Matt Kane that year. And then the year after that, or I think we took an off year, but in 2009, um, uh, Linscombe won his first Cy Young. And then ever since then, we've had a great team. There's been some hiccups in the middle years and things of that nature. But um, I think in terms of, baseball catering to me it it never really did it in the past but in the recent future it has and i'm excited to see what they can do with it unfortunately that there is a lockout but i think they have done a great job of improving to catering to my people my generation
1: it, and and playing off of that question too a little bit um so so when garen and i were younger like when the giants signed barry bonds uh, the business side of things wasn't that big of a deal to us. Uh, it was kind of like, Oh, right on. We got Barry bonds. Uh, we got him for this many years for this much. Oh, okay. Who cares? Anyways, we have Barry bonds. We've gotten for a long time. That's awesome. Uh, we were more, uh, invested in, Oh, they brought up Will Clark. Oh, they brought up Robbie Thompson. you know, kind of developing from the farm. Now your generation, uh, do you guys really concern yourselves as much with the business side of things? I know, I know money is such a huge thing right now in the sport. Uh, it's all over in talks right now. So do you guys talk about that as 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 groups and on your podcasts and stuff? Do you kind of concern yourselves with the business side of it?
2: I think we all I think we do care about the business side a bit more than previous generations. Mm-hmm. We ever since like a young age, we're kind of taught to look at the cost of things and different things of that nature. So, we always want to see like, Oh, how much money is that player making? Is he worth it to our team? Is he providing enough value for the amount of money that we are paying him? And I think, I don't know if it's just our generation has always been taught to be more careful with our money or more, or carefree with our money. But I think it's just, we care. We, we do look at those things. And I remember the most times that we talked about baseball during high school, I went to a predominantly white high school. And other than the baseball players, no one really followed baseball there. But the only time people would talk about baseball was during free agency. I remember hmm. David Price signed a huge contract. And I think all the girls in my class were like, oh my God, did you guys see David Price's contract? And it was like the most random <laughs> like, there was an entire major league baseball season. But the only like news topic was David Price's contract and how much money he signed for. So wow. I think the money part just appeals to my generation a bit more, especially to the casual fans.
0: Okay. You mentioned Barry Bonds. So you come into, uh, you you, co- you become a fan when he's on his way out. And so you miss a lot of the, the great things that Brad and I saw from the late eighties through the mid nineties, but then the steroid era and he's like breaking all kinds of records. So you come in at the end of that part. So you miss a lot of, did, did you realize the story? Did you know the story of Barry? Did you know? The I stuff did. That was going I, on? I spent
2: a lot of time. Um, I spent a lot of time on Wikipedia. Like Wikipedia is my best friend. I would just search it up <laughs> every day, every day. And, uh, I don't know if you guys are really familiar with it, but there used to be a baseball game called backyard baseball. It's uh-huh. people for oh, more yeah. of my generation. Yeah. And, um, We used to get that game. I I don't remember how I got copies of it, but I had copies of all the games from about 03 to 05. I think I even had 07 on my Game Boy Advance on my Nintendo. So a little (laughs) throwback here. But um, I used to follow a lot of the old players on those games. And that's how I learned about Dontrell, Willis, Eric Gagne, even though I never really saw them play. But I was like, oh, my God, these guys are so good in the game. Let me go look back (laughs) and on the stuff. And honestly, also back then, um, they used to have Fox. I think it was Saturday morning. They used to have all the baseball games, and before that, they would have a show. And in that show, they would show tons of old highlights. I don't remember remember what it was called, but that was honestly one of my biggest things that got me into the game. And I, I'm from the Bay Area. I live in the Bay Area. And for some weird reason, we also got WGN. I don't know if you guys are familiar with mm. it, but it's the yep. Cubs channel. And mm-hmm. from 07 to like. 13, the Cubs were so bad, but I grew up watching all the Cubs games because I would get home from school and the Cubs games would be on TV. So I knew all the Cubs players from a span of like 07 to 13. And to this day, my favorite non-giant is Carlos Zambrano. I don't know if you guys remember him. Older oh, dude. Yeah. But yeah. he was on the Cubs. Very fiery. And he was a, yeah, had a lot of emotion. Fiery. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of where I get my personality from. I think Carlos <laughs> Zambrano is a very <laughs> big nice. inspiration
0: for me. It's, it's hilarious because uh, I had the same experience as, as Rom. Uh Ram Sami, but 23 years earlier because we had WGN in the Bay Area for uh, the 1984 Cubs season, and that was the year that they went to the NL uh, NLCS. They, they would lose to the Padres. But I saw all the games, Ryan Sandberg, um, Jody Davis, Rick Sutcliffe, Leon Durham, Gary Matthews, Keith Moreland. I know that entire team, Bob Drenier, because like Ram Sami just said, I would get home at, you know, whatever it was, 2.30, and then they only play day games. So I'd get to see the last two innings of every game, and then you could see Lee Smith come in the ninth inning. <laughs> so I know, I know that team, that 84 Cubs team, similarly. That's my favorite non-Giants team ever. Now, the then... We would start to get the Brave stuff with WTBS, and so we got to see lots of Brave stuff as well. But by then, when when Brad and I were in high school and, and early college, the Braves were so good, yeah. And it was the all it was the four aces, and it was Maddox, and it was the '93 season where they beat us. Like so, there's some bad memories there. But it's very similar how those cable networks were very influential because of putting baseball on, on TV. So that that's that's very cool that you know just. Many years later, we pretty much have the same experience. (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah, definitely, yeah. for sure.
1: I, I have a buddy who moved uh, from England uh, in the 80s to the Bay Area as well. I went to Cupertino High School and uh, we played on the baseball team. He was a huge Cubs fan because he moved from England as a kid. And he said, well, that's all we got. We got we got WGN. He said, I watched the Cubs so much that I just became a huge Cubs fan. Still to this day, a guy is a gigantic Cubs fan because of that. So, yeah, huge generational uh, lure
0: right there for everybody. Okay, so let's talk about um, Lincecum a little bit because you also mentioned Lincecum. So you have the back end of Barry's career and then you see the beginning of Lincecum's career and those are kind of the two picture-perfect guys to bookend one era and to be the beginning of another era, right? Unfortunately for Bonds, Giants get to the playoffs in uh, 97, 2000, 2000, Two thousand and two, or maybe ninety nine. The, the, there's a there's a few years in the two thousands before two thousand and two that they made it, but there was one year that they missed. I don't remember. Then two thousand and two, uh, and and then unfortunately for Barry, we could never get him a title. Two thousand and three, they have the most wins in baseball, and they can't get out of the the early round of the playoffs. So we go from a uh, we saw this, you know, Will Clark and Robbie Thompson. This podcast is named after it. Matt Williams. Then Barry comes in. The team is really good. Jeff Kent. But they could never win the big one. Kevin Mitchell, I forgot to mention Kevin Mitchell. Lincecum's era comes in, and they win three titles. And like I tell my kids, you know, I tell Brian who's who, uh, and JJ who are just about the same age as Ram Sami, and I'm like, you guys are so lucky. <laughs> like, yeah, I I was waiting. You know, I, I had to wait. What it would have been. Um, I had to wait 30, what, 34 years until I got to see a Giants championship yeah. and they had to wait 10. <laughs> like, how unfair is that, right? But but then I say the same thing about the Niners. I was like, oh, I got to see five and you guys haven't seen any. Uh, but so you get to see the beginning of Lincecum. Barry Bonds and Lincecum are in the news again because Barry doesn't make the Hall of Fame. He, he uh, taps out at 66%. They... Interestingly, and and I, I I would love to know the the official reason, but the Hall of Fame they used to it used to be a fifteen year run. If you couldn't make it in fifteen years, then you're off the ballot. Barry and Roger get in, and about five or six years ago, they stop it and they say, nope, it's not going to be fifteen. It's going to be ten because if it was fifteen, they're both probably getting in if we had five more years because all of the older voters who don't vote for them. Eventually, get replaced by newer voters, and all the newer voters are voting for them. So they would eventually made it. But Barry and Roger now off the ballot. comes on the ballot for one year. He gets like two percent of the vote. Unfortunate for Tim because for you know three or four years he was the most dynamite player in the game, uh, pretty much. So what do you think? I'm gonna I'm gonna put this on you, uh, Ramzami. <laughs> you, we have to figure out a way to celebrate. Bonds and Lincecum, right? The Hall of Fame, Blech on the Hall of Fame, Apox on the Hall of Fame. They did lots (laughs) of things wrong. I'm not sure anybody cares anymore. I I can't imagine your gen. Does your generation care about the Hall of Fame? Uh, To be honest, we don't. After our the stars of our.
2: era they don't make it, so why should we care for it? So I, I think the entire Hall of Fame voting class has done an injustice to fans of today's game uh by just not inducting the stars that we grew up watching. So um uh, hopefully they'll eventually get in when the present day players and the ballots, I remember there's like an old timers vote and things of that nature that come in. Hopefully they get in then. Uh, but honestly, the Hall of Fame has lost a lot of lore to me as a result of these votes. And I've always said if Major League Baseball couldn't wait to get Bud Selig into the Hall of Fame
0: because he oh grew
2: the game over the steroid era, <laughs> but the players who played in the steroid era are not going to get in. Like that's I think it's most it just doesn't make sense to me. And uh, I could go on and on about it, but I just don't think uh, the Hall of Fame did right by those great players and. Uh, I don't agree with it, and that'll be my final words on that that thing. But um, I think to honor Lincecum and Bonds, I think statues. It's time.
0: Okay, that's what I wanted. Yeah. I'm so happy that you said yeah. that because Brad and I were we we got to see when when uh, when Oracle opened. Brad, were you already, mm-hmm. were you still in the Bay Area? I was still in the Bay Area. Uh, it opened in 2000.
1: Yes. And I was uh, working at Yahoo, and I was there until 2002 and uh, left for Reno in 2003. Okay. So, yeah, so I got to go to a couple games, you know, four or five
0: games or so over those couple of years. We, and we're trying to bring him back, Ram Sami. I, I, I got to get back. We're going to get him back one of these yeah. days. So I, I've been able to go to a San Jose Giants games uh, with with, with Ram Sami. Um, I've not... All these years that I've known Brad have never been able to go to a Giants game <laughs> with him. So we got to figure it out. Well, we got to bring him back. We got
1: to get you guys up to Reno. We got to go to a Reno well, Aces I mean, game, that, Arizona that, Diamondbacks Triple that, uh, A club, and and then w- when Sacramento is here, you guys come up. We'll do like three game weekend. I mean, the, the tickets for the grass are ten bucks. Yeah, we can go sit out in the grass, drink beers, and uh, catch a.
0: Uh, a home run balls. That's 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 very doable too. Yeah. So anyways, the the, the when when uh, Oracle Park opens, it, it was uh Pac Bell back then before it became AT&T and and now it's Oracle. The idea was let's celebrate some of our greatest players with statues. So immediately you had Mays, you had McCovey, you had Merchel, you had Cepeda. Uh, I think the McCovey statue, they've actually removed it because they're doing construction or something. Um, I think the recent one was Gaylord Perry that they put up. Uh, There may be another one that I'm forgetting, but that's what they did to celebrate those guys. And now when you think about it, like the oldest, you know, the the newest player of those is probably, it's got to be Perry because he played in the 70s, Um, but they, so from the 70s, Till now, there's been no newer statues for for those players. We could, you know, probably name the people who could probably get a statue on one hand. Maybe a Will Clark, a Bonds, a Lincecum, a Bumgarner. Bumgarner's still playing though, so he, you know, he's probably uh, he's got to re- retire probably before they would even think about it. And then, you know, you mentioned Matt Cain. Maybe Matt Cain. I don't know if Matt Cain's career is as uh, influential. Bochy. Sorry, as...
2: you can continue. I okay. just want to put No, no, no. No, that, that's, <laughs> yeah. a, that's actually a great yeah. one, too.
0: That's a great one. That's Bochy great. as well. So, you okay. you have these few people. Like, do do is that the next step? Do Does uh, Larry Bear and all the people who run the Giants and, and the marketing and all that, like, how do we celebrate these guys? How do we get the statues built? Because if the Hall of Fame, if Major League Baseball is not going to put these guys in the museum. Gi- the Giants franchise, uh, you know, Pac-Bell Park, pac or uh, Oracle Park, Oracle Park is kind of like our statue, right? In, in, in San mm-hmm. Francisco. Uh, I know Bonds has said in the past, he's like, look, you know, Mays and McCovey and, and these guys, they never got to play there. I got to play there. That's like my house. So, you know, he's talked about, you know, maybe he doesn't need a statue because that was like his house. But, I feel like that's the next thing to do. You, we, you. There's also there's also uh number retirements. Like they can do, you know, they can retire numbers. But I feel like the statue is like the best way. Like how amazing would the Lincecum statue be with that crazy long stride of his? You know, Bonds's swing, and you know, there's space. I, you, know, the that that stadium. You can just you can just put statues all all over the the stadium. I feel like that's the way to go. But how do we get that done? And do you think, Brad, do you think that's the right thing to do as well?
1: I do. And I want to ask you guys for bonds. I know you said bonds swing as a statue. I want the stepping on home plate. Yeah, there you go. And looking up. I mean, that's, you know, that's the one right there. But if they could do something like the Yankees have in the outfield, you you know, but but, you kind of have to build that into the park. They've got the wall, right? Out in right field. You've got the the wall of legends or whatever they want to call it. Something like that. I mean, because there really is. I mean, you really have to find a place where you can put these statues that aren't, like, on top of each other. Um, you know, if, is there a place out in left field you can kind of reconfigure that little kid's uh, wiffle ball park and put, I mean, you got to put a Bond statue in left field, right? I mean, that's mm-hmm. where it belongs. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of different things they can do. Um, but I think, like, I think, like, a Yankees legend type of thing, uh, you know, something different than the wall, but, like, a, you can walk through a little area that has statues would be pretty awesome.
0: Yeah. No, I think, I think that'd be great. Does that, but does that stuff mean much to you, Rom, to your generation, to you and my sons? Like, does the statue stuff is like, Oh yeah, that's cool. Or is it like, eh, like we don't really care about that stuff.
2: I think the statue is important. I think we look at statues as a way to honor the things that have come before us. And I can't think of a bigger honor than having, I think sometimes even more than being honored and enshrined in Cooperstown, which is great, but not a lot of people get to go to Cooperstown, but a lot of Giants fans will go to Oracle Park at some point yeah. in their life. And I think they would rather be able to go to Oracle Park and see their legends and see their stars rather than go to the middle of Pennsylvania, Ohio. I don't even know where it is at this point. Um, New I've York erased is, it from my it's memory. In, it's in yeah. New York. Oh, New,
1: New, in York. Cooperstown. Yeah. Yeah. New York? Yeah, um, it's in
2: New York. My bad. Oh, it's Canton, Ohio. My bad. Sorry. That's, oh, well. there yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mix the two up. Um, but yeah, I think that would be a cool honor. And I think um, near the pier, maybe, you can have all those statues, maybe one by one and things of that nature. That'd be really cool, too. Um, I think there's a lot of different ways you can honor it. But most of all, I'd like to see them get statues. And um, a Buster hug would be on the top of the list for me.
0: Maybe you get Lincecum and Buster together. Yeah. Maybe you can kill oh. two birds with one stone. Yeah. Right? That'd be cool. Or Buster and uh and Mad Bum
1: Buster and Mad Bum end of two thousand fourteen, something like that. Uh, maybe yeah, a three cool.
2: horseman kind of thing and you yeah. put up Bumgarner, Kane, and Lincecum. That'd be cool. Uh, Jonathan be Sanchez awesome. too. He could get one.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Jonathan Sanchez. <laughs> well, you know what? You also have those pillars where they shoot the water out of. Yeah. You know, in right field, maybe put statues on top of that. I mean, I know they're not in reach. People like to take pictures in front of statues. I get all that. But I mean,
0: if you got to find places for statues, they should talk to us about this because we got some ideas. San Francisco Giants, come, you know, we'll, we'll give you free advice. You don't have to pay us. We'll take the surveys. We'll give you some of our opinions because this stuff means a lot to us. And uh, I think it's uh, I think I think that stuff is a great idea. So I'm glad I'm glad we uh, You know, I'm glad uh, you thought about that because i was kind of leading you there, but I wasn't sure if you could take the bait. <laughs> OK, so let's go back to the podcast. Now, part of a podcast in 2022. And this is something that Brad and I maybe don't know how to do very well with our podcast because we don't dabble. In these social medias as much, but something like TikTok, I know the Bam Pod basketball podcast uses uh, the TikTok or or the Instagram Reels a lot. I see you and Ryan on that stuff. Like, it is is that a strategy to get listeners to then click onto the podcast, or is that just a strategy to get that Bam Pod's name out there as content creators?
2: I think it's definitely a mixture of the both. And I think it was Brian's idea to really go after it on TikTok and Instagram Reels. He kind of figured out the formula. He did a lot of research on it. And once he put all the work in, I think everyone was like, dude, if you believe in this, let's run with it. So it was his idea. And we were all like, this is a great idea. So let's run with it. And we started making TikTok specific content. And what we realized is we always make fun of growing up. We always made fun of uh, the ESPN first take error that I like to call it, where it's kind of like you deliver the hottest take as quickly as possible, as loud as you can in order to get the most listeners. And we really try to differ from it and do a lot of rankings and different things of that nature. And we try to deliver the rankings in the most honest way possible, but sometimes it doesn't work. So it's kind of, we're still uh, mixing and matching with it, seeing what works, seeing what doesn't work. And I uh, I always say that uh, one of our other friends, Obi, is the magic... charm because anytime we put his face on a TikTok, it kind of blows up. So uh, (laughs) that's my idea. So if everyone can get their version of Obi, uh, you can go big. Uh, But no, I I don't know. I think we're still working it out. And I think it's a way for us to grow the brand. And it's also a way for us to attract other Giants listeners because TikTok's formula is very invasive. It kind of, I think, listens to what you say. And the For You page is kind of like your homepage on TikTok. And if you can make it onto someone's For You page, it most likely means that they are interested in the topic that you are talking about mm-hmm. so that's we're kind of messing around trying to get on other people's for you page and trying to get more fans of baseball to come in and click on our podcast and maybe if they like the 30 second content that we're putting up maybe they'll like the um uh, 45 minute hour long content that we're going to put up so that's kind of the goal with it and it's we're still working on it but i think we're definitely on the right track with things of that nature
0: no, I mean, and it's cool. And it's something that I wish I knew a little bit more about. Uh, I know there's a lot of uh, Brent, Brian puts a lot of time and effort into that stuff. Um, and, you know, our what really the Brad what Brad and I are a little bit more tailored to is the full podcast experience is the video podcast is the audio podcast, the downloads, that's kind of the old way of doing things. Um, and, and that's kind of what I what I know best. But I, I do like what you guys are doing. I do like the the uh TikToks and the Instagram reels that Brian's putting together. He's he's figuring out the graphics, too. I know he's using he's using one of the Adobe software uh, something effects or whatever to, to do that stuff. So it's it's really original. It's really creative and it's really fun because those social media like you think about Instagram if you are swiping or if you're just scrolling, what do you, you sit on a, a photo for a half a second? Uh, the If it's a, you know, if it's a little bit more of an attractive photo, like maybe a full second and they're just going, right? So how do you, how do you capture that person to stop scrolling and to kind of pay attention and turn the sound on for, you know, 30 seconds? I think it's a, it's very interesting what, what you guys do. Okay. Ah, uh, last couple things before we get out of here. We'll let you get out of here and get to dinner and all that stuff after your long Bart ride. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so just some quick thoughts on the Giants as a, as a big fan. Uh, One hundred and seven wins. We we talked to uh, Darren Chan last week, the uh, the audio engineer for KBR, and uh, you know we asked him to rank it like you know in his history of seasons you know, where does 107 wins rank? Because he goes back to the early 80s like Brad and I do. So where does 107 win season, though no World Series championship, where does that rank for you as a fan?
2: I want to say fourth, but I actually think it's third for me. I The 2010 ring, um, it was awesome, but I don't think a lot of Giants fans started watching the regular season. I think we kind of picked it up in the playoffs and kind of ran with it. So... I'm always hesitant to rank that one as high as the other two World Series rings. But so I think this one's third on the list. I think obviously for me 2012 was as wild as it gets. I don't think anyone predicted that team to go as high <laughs> as it did. So I always rank 2012, 2014, I'd have to say last season then and then 2010 for me.
0: So the funny story about 2012 is uh, I don't even know if you were you were you were young. I didn't were you on Twitter at that point on 20 in 2012?
2: No, I was not on Twitter. Uh, the furthest, I think, the exploring I did on um, like the internet was maybe at WrestleZone. I think I
1: was on- <laughs> <laughs> WrestleZone,
2: and that was it. I don't think I've maneuvered nice. much past that. So, MLB Trade Rumors was out as risky as I got.
0: So uh, there was the whole uh, Rally Zito phenomenon on Twitter with Barry Zito. Like, it was a way for Giants fans to go... We need to create something crazy <laughs> because there's a good chance we're not winning this thing. We've been so hard on Barry Zito this whole time. We just want to see him, you know. We want to see him succeed. It's very similar to the Jimmy Garoppolo era, which I'm going to talk to Brad about in a little bit. <laughs> but um, so well, don't don't forget Vogel songs, rally enchiladas. Oh, rally too. enchiladas too. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. anyways, so um the the night before that that game against the uh, the Cardinals. The hashtag rally zeto just kind of went viral, and it was Giants fans' way of saying we still believe in this team, even though we're down three one in the NLCS, right? And then Zito comes out and he pitches a, a good game, he gets a little slap bunt hit, <laughs> and, and they and they come back and, and they win. So rally zito kind of is, is like the thing in the back of my mind, which you know is just sort of the fun, like the fun part of that crazy season that you're talking about. So, I think we
1: also changed our uh uh our avatars, avatars yeah. to all to to Barry Zito as well. So yes. we were all Barry Zito yes. and
0: Rally Zito was our hashtag. It was it was awesome. So so Brad recently he is. Uh, you replied to Zito about
1: something. It was actually pitching Ninja puts put, uh, put okay. a great uh, quick little video of like three really nasty Zito big twelve to six curveballs uh, uh, up on his Twitter page, and he said, "You know, uh, this is prime Zito and everything." And uh, and then I I replied and I said, "Rally Zito is prime Zito." And yeah. then and then Barry Zito replied and said, "That was the greatest night of my life."
0: Yeah. <laughs> (laughs) awesome that was so awesome so uh okay so so now so 107 wins is is really big for you obviously you're you're a much bigger fan now you're a much smarter fan um when it comes to the podcast i know that you have started you, you have this thing called the lockout lore and you're reaching out to other teams uh beat writers or super fans or social media experts of the team you talk to the guardians beat writer you talk to the rockies a social media fan person um so who is the dream interview like if if you're like gosh like what's my hail mary opportunity to reach out to somebody who is out there covering a team you know and who's out there that i want to interview
2: Okay, I have a non uh, major league baseball one and I have a major league baseball one. My non-major league baseball one is Pat McAfee. He's my biggest inspiration for anything <laughs> podcast related. Oh and I get a lot of my personality, a lot of my passion for sports from him. So that's my non
0: like, major league I, baseball one. I'm I'm I've never met Pat, but I'm not that many degrees away from Pat. So I don't know. I, I wonder if I I wonder if I could I could probably at least make contact with him at some point. Dude,
2: I I have sent maybe 10 15 DMs to the guy asking him if I could come work for free. I said I'd pay, I'd pay my own ticket out to Indianapolis and I would literally like take Um, buses to get there and work for free. So if you ever get a chance, just put me on contact with him. I will leave my job ASAP (laughs) and I will go join him. Uh, Huge fan of him. Uh, Is your your boss (laughs) with (laughs) me? No, I don't think so. Uh, (laughs) She does not know I do this. So, But yeah, Uh, my favorite person that I would probably want to interview as a Major League Baseball guest, Ken Rosenthal is up there. Uh but Buster Olney's probably my all time favorite. I would love to interview him.
0: Yeah, Rosenthal would be up there for us too. I feel like like there's yeah. been moments, so I listened to his podcast uh on the athletic, and I, in the back of my mind when I listen to his podcast, I'm like, I could produce this thing to sound <laughs> so much better. But the other thing is um he has this thing where they do where they take questions and they do voicemails, and I've thought about dropping a voicemail. But how do we plug this podcast without them going immediately like, nope, we're not reading this one? Because I do have, you know, we could have a really good Giants question that I'd love his opinion on. But I'm just not doing it as myself. I'm doing it as Thompson to Clark. Well, you know,
1: there is a way to do it. So you do that, but don't mention us. They put it on the air. Then you take that clip, put it on our Twitter. And then handle them and us. And eh, you
0: know. yeah, that that's an interesting one. Crossplay. I, I, might, I might have to do it. I might shoot yeah. him. And you know what? I could also produce my own voice so that it sounds good and says it doesn't sound like a phone call. <laughs> so it sounds really nice. There you and go. they will yeah. play it because it sounds nice. <laughs> um, no, Rosenthal's a great one. Um, that's interesting, though, because my what I thought, like I thought it would more be McAfee makes a lot of sense to me, but I thought it would be like the John Boy guys. Or like, um, uh, you I'm know, not somebody- high
2: on the John Boy guys because I think there's a bias there. And I've never been a fan of journalists who carry their team's bias out to them to the limelight. And I think it works for some people, but for certain people it just doesn't. I, I think John Boy is too East Coast oriented. And I think that kind of irks me almost to a certain degree. So that's why I've always... I'm not like too high on the John boy. Fan. Like I think what they did is great from two years. They were in their mom's basement and now they have mm-hmm. a high rise building in New York. Like that is the absolute dream for people like us, I guess. And yeah. like, I have the utmost respect for them, but I, I have a lot of respect for the ESPN journalists and I grew up watching a lot of sports center. And in one of my interviews, actually I interviewed for a, casino, a sports gambling company and I, I was talking about their lead. Um, I don't, I don't remember. It. He was like the VP of sports gambling or whatever. And I was like, dude, I literally go to bed um, watching Scott Van Pelt. And I wake up to for uh, uh, Mike and Mike in the morning. So that's what, <laughs> that was my mornings in college. And yeah. he was like, I'm the exact same way. And we were just like bonding over it. So I always have a lot of respect for the ESPN uh, big time journalists that they have over there. So that that's why I said Buster only, But I, I have a lot of respect for the John Boy guys.
0: Who Who's coming up? uh for the lockout lore schedule? do you have any other people you know kind of set to come on the show
2: um so we we've kind of the diamondbacks beat writer was a huge one that we got we just kind of put it out we never uh thought he would respond to us but he gave us a quick response and we got him on i think the podcast is either out or it's coming out pretty soon uh that's something that we we're looking forward to and we have a couple other guests uh for the new york mets i'm trying to get a major league player uh it's still oh, wow. on the I'm, I'm trying to go big but it's still but you've I'm, gotten
0: minor league players though, still, right
2: put, pushing buttons Yeah, yeah, I've gotten a minor league baseball player, uh, Will Bartlett of the Cleveland Guardians. Um, We just really wanted to talk to him about minor league baseball and really understand a bit more about it and see why they still get a chance to play while major league baseball players are on a lockout. And we really just wanted to learn about the minor league system and how if the trends in major league baseball apply to minor league baseball as well. And honestly, I was surprised by a lot of the things he said, and it's shocking how minor league baseball is kind of treated like professional baseball in a certain degree. So I think it was really cool. And, uh, I just got a chance to, I met him at my former job. I worked as a manager for a men's tennis team in Arizona or NCAA team. So, um, he was a friend of the players there. They all went to high school together. So I met him at one of the games and me and him were just getting excited for one of our friends. And we just kind of really bonded over, it, followed each other on Instagram. Social media is a huge part of how I reach out to people. And right. I reached out to him on Instagram and um, I was like, hey man, I just started a podcast. Would you like to be our first ever guest? And he was immediately all in. So um, that's how I like to roll. I, I've always believed that shooting your shot will get you places. I Some of the things I've done in my life, I've only gotten there by shooting my shot. And I'm a huge believer in that people
0: who, who take risks get a reward. All right. What's the ratio, though, from yeses to noes or yeses to ghosting?
2: Okay, so the only people who ghost me are all Giants players. I have reached <laughs> out to Cody Ross, <laughs> Tyler Rogers, and all those Giants players oh, never reach man. out to me, so I just don't know. But everyone else on other teams has been very vocal, and they're like, oh my God, we would love to be on. Uh, but Tyler Rogers, he o- he opened my text, but he just didn't give me the time of the day. He's oh, one of my no. favorite players. I just can't believe it. So, But Cody what Ross about, is what like, I want to believe. like...
0: What about yeah, like a uh, Pavlovich or or something?
2: Um I would rather have Mr. Heblius. You're the next up <laughs> for the lockout out for the Giants. I would rather have you. To yeah, be we'll honest, on Reddit, Let's someone was asking about uh Giants podcasts to follow and the top two are obviously Bags and Brisby. And yeah. the second one was uh, Pavlovich and Cole Kuyper. And I commented the Thompson and Clark podcast. And I got 10 oh, off wow. You must have some fans oh, on Reddit. Wow.
1: There you go. Nice. Yeah, I, did find, I did find over the weekend, because I'm a Los Angeles Rams fan, I found another on Twitter. Los Angeles Rams and San Francisco Giants fan. There you go. And uh, got him to follow us last night. <laughs> so so there we go. I got another
0: one. <laughs> See, this is he that was uh, Ram Sami on Reddit. He figures yes. out the whole Reddit thing and gets our name. Oh, that's 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 great stuff. We Thank you it. very much. All right. Love so um, last things, let, let's just talk, you know, quickly get your get your plugs in. Uh, get your plug in for your your Twitter, your Instagram, the the pages, the how do people subscribe to the podcast, all that stuff.
2: Yeah, definitely. So our Instagram is at the Bam Pod, and that's our TikTok as well. And on Twitter, we're at the Bam Pods. And anytime you go to one of those links, we have a link tree up, which basically gives you all the links for all of our pages. Uh, we have a Twitter, Instagram, uh, we have TikTok. We also have a YouTube page that we're gonna start posting video podcasts. Uh, oh, I think that's cool, Brian. Yeah. He kind of got the idea from you guys and he said that you guys, it works for you guys. So we're like, let's give it a shot. So we're doing that. We're on all the podcast platforms. Um, so yeah, uh, that's our Instagram. Thank you so much for having me once again. I absolutely appreciate it. And I would love to have the, both of you come out into the lockout lower version of the giants. If that would be all right with you guys.
0: I'm in. That'd be awesome. Let's do it. it. We'll do it. Let's do it. Uh, Okay. And then you, you have your own personal Twitter account. You want to plug your own personal social media stuff.
2: Yeah. uh, My Twitter is at just wrong things. I basically just tweet out whatever comes to my mind related to sports. I tweet a lot about firing Kyle Shanahan. I don't think he's (laughs) a good coach. I think Sean McVay is a way better coach and (laughs) um, I'm going to (laughs) miss big Ben and Mike Tomlin. Um, Mike Thomas still with the Steelers, but I'm a huge Steelers fan. Don't have a reason why for it, but I'm a huge Steelers fan. <laughs> tweet a lot about that. I tweet a lot about tennis. And honestly, my favorite uh, social media app is probably Instagram on my stories. I just like to get wild and I'll post <laughs> anything and everything on my story. So that's uh, that's my favorite Instagram, and my Instagram is at Just Things. Thank you guys cool. so much.
1: I, I all right. just gave you a follow on Twitter cause I'm a big tennis guy myself too. And, and soccer. I love soccer, but uh, I'm a big Rafa guy. So I'm super happy this weekend. Nice weekend.
0: Definitely. <laughs> all right. Thanks for coming on. And yeah, we'll definitely do your, we'll do do the home and home, the the home and home podcast uh, thing. So, all right. Thanks to uh, Ram right. Sami. And uh, yeah. So uh, Brad and I are, I think we're going to talk some football now. So if you are done if you are only here for the baseball, you can uh, follow or you can uh, stop the podcast now and we will uh, we will not be – will our feelings will not hurt because no, you are here for no. the Giants. But We're not going to you know. talk a whole lot about football. Well, yeah. we got, we got to bring it up. We've been building oh, yeah, this yeah. thing up. We've been building <laughs> up the Rams and the 49ers. How poetic was it that hmm. we do this podcast and our favorite teams meet up in the NFC Championship? It was a super close game. It was uh, everything that you would expect when it came to a game where the two teams just know everything 100% about each other. Um, But I want Brad to uh, thank me personally because um, Jimmy G was on the field. One one James Richard Garoppolo. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I've been telling handsome man, handsome, man. Well, very handsome. If this was yeah. a handsome contest, the mm-hmm. Niners might have won that game. Unfortunately, yes, it was, this it was is true. a football game. Yeah, uh, I was I've been telling Brad, you know, in, in the games where the four Niners play the Rams and he sees Jimmy play so well and he's like, I don't get it. Like every time he plays us, he plays great. And yeah. I'm like, just wait. Like it's like Joe Montana. I mean, it's like
1: <laughs> they threw Joe Montana out there, and anytime they play the Rams, it's like, what the hell's going on?
0: <laughs> and so we're watching the game last night, and both my son, hot take Bry, and I had had sort of thought, you know, the mistake hasn't <laughs> happened yet. Like when is it going to happen? Because it's coming. <laughs> and his idea was. Jimmy should just throw the pick now in the third quarter. They have the lead, throw the interception, (laughs) get it out of the way so that it doesn't happen later in the game. And so uh, the Niners are are driving, or they're not even driving. They just get the ball at the end. And everything points to uh, Jimmy Garoppolo uh, buckling underneath the pressure and the, the, the actual pressure too, the literal pressure, because the Rams were bringing it. And of course, he throws the uh, interception to end the game, and it was just one of those things where I was like, at, at the end of it, I was so I was, I was so mad, and I, I was I had this tweet actually, it was it was kind of drafted for the last two games as well. No, it was actually the last three games. It was the Rams game as well. It was basically like, well, at least I don't have to see Jimmy oh, play no. for the 49ers ever again. <laughs> But then they won, and so I kind of had to save that tweet. But I was able to get it out there last night. But like it was just like one of those things where you know, just this impending doom, this impending doom. You know, Jimmy was going to eventually bite us in the butt, and he did. Um, The uh, you know the difference between that game, you could just the fourth quarter passing between Matt Stafford and Jimmy Garoppolo, like that's literally the difference. And you guys made it, my guys. uh, My guys go home sad. You know, there's no crying in football either, right. as well as baseball. And, you know, from here on out for these next two weeks, we are uh, the official uh, Rams fan podcast, because <laughs> I, like, I want to see the team that beats my team. Then that means like, we're right there. Right. But if, yeah. you know, I don't want to see the Bengals beat you guys, because then no. that just pushes the 49ers further down. I want to see the Rams win it all. Cause that tells me that, you know, we were right there and we could have been champions as well. So after that long introduction, <laughs> tell me how happy you are how excited you are and uh are we are we going to finally get that uh that that elusive rams championship that hasn't happened in 20 years
1: yeah you know so uh, it it's it's still it's only the it's only the day after it hasn't sunk in yet um we're going to the super bowl it starts to sink in that week before right you know how it is the the media the ESPN the the NFL network it's the super bowl week you know all the cool stuff is happening so this week is kind of that lull to get ready yeah. for for it but um but but it but right now it does feel sweeter than 2018 um i i really wish i mean there's no way to make it happen cuz AFC NFC but last night would have been a fantastic Super Bowl. I yeah. mean, that was, you know, two teams that are very evenly matched, that know each other very well, that beat each other up all the time. Um, does the world want to see the Bengals and the Rams? Probably not. The world would have liked to have seen the Chiefs and the Rams sure. or the uh, Niners and Bengals, you know, because that has some history. Um, so this is gonna be kind of a weird Super Bowl for everybody but us fans of those two teams. Uh, but but you know, it it does feel good. And and I know everybody's knocking Jimmy for that last play, but man, <laughs> who was in his face? The possibly the greatest defensive lineman of all time. You know he's going to go in the Hall of Fame. Uh, Aaron Donald and, and, and he's you know hopefully going to get his ring in, in two weeks, but when you're getting chased down by Aaron Donald, you'll do things that you won't normally do. And so I can't necessarily blame the guy for, uh, you know, for just tossing it up in there. He had a receiver, you know, uh, he threw it to his his guys, bounced off of his hands. He was just trying to get rid of it. He was trying to do something. It was on target, right? I mean, it was a little high, but it was on target. Things like that happen when you've got Aaron, Aaron Donald ready to break, like, you know, eight or nine of your bones. But, You know, it it was a good game. When we went down 17-7, I tell you, I was... I was walking around the house, closing the blinds. I'm like, I, I just kind of, is this a metaphor for the season ending? As I close the blinds and I'm like, we're going into the fourth quarter. We're down by 10. We're shooting ourselves in the foot over and over and over again, not getting some calls, but that, you know, that's football. You guys didn't get calls. We didn't get calls. It happens. Yeah. It all evens out in the end. I don't worry about that. Type there,
0: of there was a funky thing with both teams being able to go to like minus one on the play mm. clock, for some yeah,
1: it, yeah. Both both teams were snapping after the clock hit zero, so I was like, "Are we on some weird delay or are, yeah. are they broadcasting it strangely?" But you know, there were hits to the head and other things that were just not called on both sides. So yeah. it, you know, it, but but they let them play. I mean, they played football, which was good. Um, but yeah, when we were down by ten, I thought all right, this is it I mean this is does mcVeigh have it and then when you use that third timeout on that challenge <laughs> that was rough oh my god this is this is it I mean we're we have no timeouts left and now we're down by 10 so at that point I think we're down by uh by by three at that point yeah, so yeah, yeah. um but but still you're out of timeouts and you've got Twelve or thirteen minutes left in the game, but you know it's a good feeling. It's fun. I hate to see you know a team like that go home, like the Niners. They they you know they fought hard, really. I mean, all season long. They it, it's, it's I'm sure it's a shock for you as a fan to even be here at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, to, to I be said this, we
0: we were playing with house money.
1: Yeah, I mean, what would you finish ten and
0: seven, nine and, and uh, yeah, ten and seven. Yeah, and we were texting the Rams and the Niners that last game of the season the Niners lose that game and they don't make the playoffs. Right. And they make that miraculous comeback and Jimmy throws maybe the best ball of his career to Debo and they get all the way down the field. So, you know, we were playing with house money. It does bum me out, but it bums me out in a different way because I just, you know, you could, you could flip flop the quarterbacks. Stafford was always going to LA, but I know the Niners were kind of in, in those conversations as well. Yeah but he would have been the guy that they would have needed like they have a super bowl caliber team except at quarterback and that was the that was the one difference between the teams you got you had the guy who could make the big plays and the niners didn't and and then you know but you know you said you were kind of worried when when you were down 10 uh, 17-7 mm-hmm. i was worried as well because kyle shanahan historically cannot hold a lead to save his life going all the way back to that super bowl patriots and, and falcons doesn't save that lead niners are up was is it 20 to 7 in the super bowl 2 years ago they're up 20 to 7 I think it was 20 they, to 10 20 okay. to 10 and yep. they can't hold that lead and then that dallas game 2 weeks ago where they almost come all the way back and then this week like like when that lead i was not comfortable because i know two things are t- two things are true it's harder for Shanahan with Garoppolo to call plays with a lead because he's just so right. limited. I also know Garoppolo plays so much better when there's no pressure and the expectations are low, like right. the game against the Rams a couple, you know, three weeks ago because there's no pressure. Like, you're so, you're not supposed to win that game, and he can, you know, make these dazzling throws and take some more risks, but... When, it, when you got to play mistake-free football, that's when he kind of clenches up a bit,
1: but Well, and then Debo Samuel, you didn't see a whole lot of him after that hit by Nick Fourth Scott. So I, yeah, so I wonder if he was just a little, you know, still kind of banged up a little bit from that. I mean, that was, that was a shot, and Nick Scott's not a big dude, um, but you know, it was a nice hit on Debo, clean, you know, shoulder into the chest. And when they perfect. called the
0: penalty, we were like, I fell on the floor. I, yeah. I was like, they didn't look dirty. <laughs> but let's see the next angle. And I was like, no, that was great. That was great. Yeah, I was like, no, I, I had to, that'd be like a Ronnie Lot running at it. I him. threw my, I, I, I hold this little
1: Rams football <laughs> during the entire game. I just threw it on the ground. I fell on the ground. I was like, no, you cannot call that. That was super clean. And then when they picked it up, I'm like, oh, okay, good. And then, but, but then I was like, you know, I hope he's all right. I, you know, yeah, I want yeah, him to finish yeah. the game because you want to beat the best. That's what you want to do. You don't want to say, well, we won because Debo got knocked out. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, you want you want to beat... I was really hoping we. We played you guys in the NFC championship game. And I kept telling people that they go careful what you wish for. And I said, you know what? It's going to be, if the Rams got to the super bowl and won it without playing the Niners, it was going to be unfinished business. Mm. It was going to feel a little, a little off, not, not terribly. But then if we beat you guys in the first game, you know, but whenever we play you guys next season, okay, it's a little bit better. Yeah. But to have that and then go to the super bowl is definitely a sweeter feeling. Like if the giants would have beat the Dodgers. Yep. Right. And then and then go on to the NLCS, win that and then win the World Series. How good of a feeling is that yeah. when, when you get to beat your rival and then get to the big dance and, and do it all? So, yeah.
0: Uh, well, yeah. Uh, like I said, this podcast is full steam behind the Rams. We, I, don't, I mean, I don't, I not, not to the point of where I'm going to buy any rant. No, no, no. I got it all um, for
1: you. You don't have to buy any. I've got, <laughs> you want to borrow some, I can, I can give you some. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but
0: you know, we'll, we'll, we'll probably spend the next three weeks. Yeah, one of these two with, with a little, a little, a little bit of a Ram segment, just like this, as we end the show, uh, hope, but hopefully, like you said, the, the two sides are talking tomorrow. Hopefully we'll get some news out of that. Uh, next week, we're also going to bring on a guy who writes for Baseball Prospectus. His name is Jared. I think I think the pronunciation is Seidler. It could be Seidler, but uh, he writes for Baseball Prospectus. Um, I know him uh, a little bit, and he's agreed to come on, and we're going to talk about their uh, top 100 list because there are a few Giants on that list, so we'll talk to him. You know what I'm actually interested in talking to him about? Baseball America, Baseball mm-hmm. Prospectus, Keith Law, like they all all of their di- their lists are different. And I, I'm very interested to talk to Jared about like which are the ones that they look at and they go, "Oh, like that that's a great point. We respect that list. You know, this is the list that that we kind of, you know, we we measure up against." So, I'm I'm interested to talk yeah. to him about that, but he's just a baseball, you know, a baseball uh, savant, uh, you know he. Kn- I mean, he knows those the analytics that we're a little scared of. Like we're trying to learn them, but they're just like, oh gosh, I still don't even know exactly. Like he, he's like a master at those. So yeah, maybe he'll even help us. Maybe we it's Matt. To- I'm so afraid of math. <laughs> I mean, it's, it scares me. <laughs> all right, all right. So yeah, so next week we'll have another another guest, and uh, we'll see. I, I like having a guest, especially during the the lockout stuff, because. You know, there's not a lot of news, so we might as well bring someone on and maybe people who listen to them or like them come check us out. And and that's that's a win win. So there's a couple of people out there on Twitter, too, who I would love to reach out to. So we're going to try our best to bring some other folks on people who write for some of the websites that you might read, like around, around the Foghorn or McCovey Chronicles, like those guys who are out there. We would love to to talk to those folks as well. So. All right. Uh, for Brad. I'm Double G. We'll see you when we see you. Peace out. Peace.